Welcome to the District Creatives Radio Show, a place where DC creatives meet to discuss arts, entertainment, and the creative economy. Listen as DC creatives share the work and content they provide in this city, discuss the joys and pains of pursuing their passion, resources for district creatives, and balancing their passion projects with their paycheck. Now, here's your host, district creative, Savvy Sharice. Welcome to the District Creators Radio Show. I'm your host, Savvy Sharice. And I know every week I say we have a super special guest, but this week in particular, I think we may have the most special guest of all, who is Max Myers. He's the general manager for DC Radio and a 40-plus year radio veteran. Welcome to your home, the show on DC Radio. Hi, Max. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm honored to be on your show. I've been <laughs> to it for so many years. Now I'm, I've never been on it. So this is wonderful. I'm honored to have you accept the invitation. I know you uh, have your hands full with the programming and all things DC Radio. So just thank you for taking the time out to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Very welcome. Very welcome. And I have to publicly say I'm so grateful that you gave me an opportunity when I pitched my show I did to you and you were like, great, love it. We're getting started. And so I just really appreciate you for recognizing my talent and for giving me an opportunity to share great stories for district creatives around the city. You're very welcome. And it was a great idea. And uh, we were lucky to have you. And lucky to continue to have the show on on DC radio. And that's what we're here for. Yeah. Give residents a a chance and a voice. Absolutely. So tell us about, like, I told you a bit off air that I did some research. You know, I had to come correct. I did some research on the starts in your radio journey. And Mm -hmm. it was a, was it a sunny day in 1977 on your first day on your (laughs) first radio gig? (laughs) Well, it was, uh. It was, I really started when I was 14. Wow. And I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. So I started on the local FM radio station. And that, at that time, AM was the big thing. But in Toledo, we had FM. And so when I came out of the Marine Corps, well, when I was 14, they had something called a teen reporter. Okay. I I came to the... You know, I got gathered up all of the the events for all of the high schools. And then I went on once a week on Thursdays in the afternoon and I reported what was going on. And so that kind of wet my appetite. And then I went away into the Marine Corps. And when I came back, I enrolled in the University of Toledo and they had a campus radio station. And then that led to a job in 1977 at the at the same radio station, the local radio station. I love that. A team, you know, that reminded me of, especially because of the history and the connection to BET Studios, where the office entertainment is housed now. It reminded me of Team Summit mm-hmm. um, back in the day. I could see you being like, you know, the team reporter. <laughs> I was that dude. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. You know, that really get, got me excited about being in radio. I mean, I, my family had a record store, so I was always into music. But when I first heard, you know, black radio in my town, 
because, you know, Toledo's close to Canada. Mm -hmm. We listen to Canadian radio, CKLW, and we also listen to Detroit radio. So in 1968, when we had our own radio station, we heard Black DJs that sounded like us. Uh huh. Really excited me. So all of those things led to getting into radio. I love that. My um, fascination and interest in radio definitely began with Black radio, just growing up in the city and listening to like WHUR. My mom used to listen to The Quiet Storm. And I remember I was, you know, I was so young, I was sitting in the backseat and I just always remember The Quiet Storm coming on. And then I learned about like Kathy Hughes and her legacy and history and radio. So I love the the radio history in D.C. definitely has inspired me. And it's just a great story. And then another funny thing that got me interested in radio was funny. The Martin Lawrence show. Like Martin worked at WZUP. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? In the 90s, like there was no social media. So we didn't have any insight as to what the inside of a radio station looked like. You really just had to use your imagination unless you knew someone who worked at a radio station. So Martin was the first thing that gave me a visual of what an actual inside of a radio station looked like. I think uh, uh, that's sort of the magic of radio is the, is the theater of the mind. You know, Mm -hmm. you can create things that you can't see, but you can, you can see what your mind's eye, you know, Absolutely. I mean, I think there are so many creative elements that get to get displayed through a career or even a passion project in radio because, you know, like myself, you can do many different things and radio can be one of them. But I love that it can be an extension of people's creativity, but it can also be people's main full time, you know, lifelong careers like like yours as well. So You know, thinking about just the history of radio to where we are now, when you think about the changes, what is the most significant or the things that the thing that has stuck out to you most about how radio has changed over decades? Well, it just continues uh, to to evolve. Like I said, when I first became interested in radio, AM radio was the big thing. You know, it was all all the major radio stations were on AM and and uh, in the case of black radio, most of them were on the far side of the dial, like 15, 20, uh-huh. 20 way out there somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, but then, you know, FM came on in the 70s and, uh, you know, the, the audio changed. Mm-hmm. And then the, the programming became more sophisticated. You know, when I started in radio, the air personalities were the biggest, they were the, they were superstars. Mm-hmm. They were bigger than the artists. <laughs> if you can imagine uh, the personality being bigger than Jay-Z. Right. That's how it was. But, you know, and, the, and the, so the 70s came, the radio stations evolved, the technology evolved, and then, you know, the music evolved, the technology evolved again. And, and then the in the early 2000s, the internet sort of became, you know, Napster came on the scene. And Napster. <laughs> so now streaming became introduced and file sharing became introduced. So radio had to, you know, had to deal with that because now all of a sudden we had competition from another source other than the ones that were already out there. And then, you know, satellite radio came. 
I was at XM. I was at the beginning of XM Satellite Radio. I, I built several channels over there, and then technology continued to change, and then uh, uh, streaming became a thing, and uh, and that's kind of where we are right now. But it's going to evolve into something else. You know, it just keeps moving, and you have to move with it. Otherwise, you get left behind. I mean, I, I remember having uh, an AM radio, and in my car and it didn't have an FM, just had AM. Couldn't get FM because there was no FM. It was just an AM radio. Wow. So I had a converter to get the FM, you know, and then I had a track and then, you know, then I had cassette and then CD and then, MP, you know, mini disc and then MP3, uh, the iPod. Right. Now here we are with the aux cord, and yeah. the, well, not even that. We we oh, had a Bluetooth, Bluetooth connection. Yeah, everything. <laughs> in my in my car, I have a Ford Focus, just a you know regular uh, Detroit vehicle, <laughs> and uh, I can get. I have I have eighteen AM presets, eighteen FM presets, eighteen satellite presets. I have a CD player in there. I have Bluetooth. And I have a hard drive. I can listen to whatever I want, whenever I want to listen to it. And that's you know what? what? That's such a great point, right? Because when I think about traditional radio, we were really at the mercy of the programmer. Mm-hmm. And we had to listen to whatever was in rotation for a particular hour. And then we we're going to go into a commercial break at the bottom of the hour and mm-hmm. come out with music at the top, right? But right. now... We can. We are our own programmers. What yeah. do you think about how that has impacted people's desire or appetite for traditional radio? Well, at the end of the day, it's all about content, mm-hmm. right? And so how do people use your content? And is it good enough to get them to listen to you, to use your content, right? So radio, people used to listen to it for super long periods of time, like you mentioned. Now people kind of listen to it in the morning to get information, maybe a little bit in the afternoon on their way back, mostly in cars, maybe on the weekends. Uh, and then, you know, there's also a demographic thing in there. You know, the older you are, the more likely you are to, to listen to traditional radio. Young people, on the other hand, want to listen to what they want to listen to because their music is a little uh, spicy. <laughs> spicy is a good word. <laughs> So they want to hear their music all the time. They want to hear what they want to hear. So they make their own playlists. And so they're using radio a lot less. Because radio can't play the spicy music without editing it. And they don't want to hear the edits. No, we want want the full spice. I like my playlist, though. My playlist will go from spicy to gospel to jazz to go-go. Yeah, demographically, you know... you have you have many options. So radio radios uh, competing with that. But at the end of the day, you know we have a relationship with WHUR, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a unique radio station in the whole country because it's uh, it's fifty years old. Yeah. It's an independent station. Most stations are owned by corporations, publicly traded corporations, right? But it's independently owned. Not only is it independently owned, but it's owned by a university. And it's a commercial radio station at the same time. And it's one of the top tier stations in Washington, D.C. And it has been 
for 50 years. Right. Which is it's, huge. It's amazing. Which it's, is huge. We must pay homage to that. And and it's a, it's a radio station that created something that changed radio, black radio. It created this quiet storm. Mm-hmm. That quiet storm is on radio stations all around the world. Mm-hmm. And it all came from that radio station. So HUR is unique in that sense, mm-hmm. that it's institution in this city. And because it's an institution in the city, people tend to be very loyal to it. Absolutely. As long as the station is delivering what they expect from it. I totally agree with that. And thank you for bringing that up. I know I share my own WHUR start story to get us started. But I think to your point, WHUR has also been passed down from generations because I started listening to WHUR because my mom was listening to WHUR. You know, and I'm sure I'll have the same impact um, on my son and in his musical taste. I hope. And, and, and they deliver things that other radio stations don't. They they're very community. They're engaged in the community. They have great personalities. I mean, they have big personality. They have Frank Ski, and uh, I'm not doing a commercial for HUR, but you know, it it's, it it deserves its, you know, uh, and. And 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 so it, it gives. Getting back to your question, it gives people a reason, to a unique reason to listen to them that they can't get anywhere else, mm-hmm. right? And our relationship with them is that we are, uh, it's a we're a sister station. Yeah, we are on that same frequency. We lease that frequency from them to deliver DC radio for the city of Washington DC to give the residents some additional. Unique programming like district creatives, for example. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So share a little bit more just about how the DC Radio WHUR partnership came into play. And then really just about what is the purpose of DC Radio and what what we hope to accomplish um, in the coming years. Well, we've are about six years ago, the mayor and the mayor's office, the mayor. And DC and HUR agreed to create a radio station to give residents uh, an opportunity for training to give the the district and the the uh, district residents another voice and and you know they hired me to put all that together mm-hmm. and. Uh, we reached out and people made pitches to us and we found the best programming that we could find and we put it together. And now, you know, five years later, we're, you know, we just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Yes. So we, we have all kinds of program. I mean, all of these programs are by district residents um, and they're really, really high quality programs. They're all really good. I mean, I mean, they're, they're just really good program. It's not like a, a you know, it's not, this is not like, this is really high level stuff. Yeah. So it just shows the, the level of um, talent that exists. And we, uh, we're happy that we were able to, you know, facilitate that. Absolutely. So we have to talk about, you know, I've been sharing as I have been 
you know, still in transition. I think a lot of people are still in transition post-pandemic, if we can even say that at this point. I don't know. But, you know, the pandemic had various impacts on so many things. I recently did an interview with a travel a tra- a owner of a travel agency, and she talked about the impacts of COVID just on her business and total having to completely pivot and readjust. Can you talk about the time or your experience, should I say, navigating the pandemic while managing a radio station? Well, um, like I mentioned, I was at XM Satellite Radio. And so that's a digital platform. Mm -hmm. And DC Radio is also on on a digital platform because we stream. We stream, we're on an app. So this techno, there's a you know technology that allows you to do things remotely that has existed since the 80s. When I put on a I put on the first satellite radio station in the United States in 1988 in Richmond. And so this technology that allows you to do things remotely has existed since then. But the model was to be present in the radio stations. Not necessary, but that was just the model. But the pandemic forced uh, businesses to use that technology. And so that's what we did. We were able to continue to do what we do. We just were able to do it remotely. We could remote in. uh, People can send us their content. We can produce it remotely. We can put everything on there. And we could put it up on YouTube. We could, you know, like we're doing now, we could take this. We could put it up on our YouTube channel. We could take the audio, put it up on our radio station. And we just kept, we just kept, kept rolling. We didn't miss a beat, you know. So, like I said, the technology keeps changing. You change with the technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some businesses, they, you know, weren't, weren't in that position. But for, because we're, we're a, a technology driven business, it, it really didn't affect us at all. I'm pulling out the gems from the conversation and two things that are recurring themes are evolve with the times mm-hmm. and change is mandatory. Change is, yeah, it's, it's going to change. It's always changing. It's, you know, this is a, yeah, this is a change business. I mean, just imagine what happened when, um, when uh, recorded music came on the scene. Mm-hmm. All of the live musicians went crazy. <laughs> like, oh no, right. they're not going to come see our shows because they can just listen to it on this new thing called the radio. <laughs> and then you know, they, then they were doing a radio. You know, in the early days, they were doing radio theater, mm-hmm. and all the actors, oh no, they're not going to come see our plays. And then when the movies came, oh no, you know, there's always somebody. You know, saying that na- there's always naysayers, mm-hmm. but the change is still coming. Regardless. Yeah. So, you know, now people just have more options. And what, like I've mentioned, it just comes down to content. If your content is good enough, yep. people will seek it. They may not listen to it as long as they used to because they, you know, people's attention spans are a lot shorter. That, that part. The content is compelling. Like I will uh, sit in front of Netflix. And if it this is if it's a good one, it'll get me for like a weekend. I want like a whole weekend. I <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> but that's just great content. 
Great content. So what would you say, especially like when you are accepting pitches or, you know, people are coming to you with various ideas or you're listening to other shows, what are the three things that make for great content for you? Well, it's, I mean, it's got to be compelling. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just it's, it's really it's about and then the the, the level of uh, professionalism and, you know, that's a subjective uh, and the and the commitment. Okay. Those three things are important because a lot of we have had people pitch us with some great ideas and we go, oh, that sounds good. Send us a demo. Mm-hmm. Never get the demo. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. we will say, okay, the demo's great. We need six episodes because we're an automated radio station. We're not live. And, and we want six episodes so that we can put it in rotation, and then if you miss one, we're, you're not so, you know, pressured. We're not, so we don't get the episodes. You know what I mean? So we we put some things in in place to see, to test the commitment of the person. But once we find that, once we get all those things going, uh, then we, you know, find a place for it, you know. And uh, sometimes people, you know, they... Don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we understand that we, but they can take that content because that content is not only on, not only does it air live on DC radio and on dcradio.gov, but it's also on demand on SoundCloud, on Apple, mm-hmm. on Google. It's, you know, so now, and now you've got this content that you can do whatever you want with it. It's yours Absolutely. Because, because the level of production is great. And and now you've got, you know, because podcasting is the future. It's not even the future. It's it's here. It's now. Yep. Yeah. It's really, you know, podcasting is not a new thing. It's just a new. It, it's a new name for something that used to that has already existed. It's just long form programming. What makes it podcast podcasting is that the, the average person has an ability to do it. Mm-hmm. Radio is just a distribution network, right? Radio is the word you put something and you send it, send it out. So radio is just distribution. Well, everybody can't get on the radio. Yeah. Every record can't be played. Every thought can't. You, you, they're not enough hours in the day for all of that. Right. But the internet for right now, until they clamp down on it, which may come in the in the future. Because people sure have voices, and some people are not happy about that. Um, but the uh, the opportunity exists for you to, if you have a great idea, to go on the internet. Doesn't cost you anything to get on the internet. Put your content on the internet, and use social media, also free, to push your content and develop your own audience. Mm-hmm. You're doing the same thing that radio does. It's just, you just have to work a little harder. But if you have great content uh, and you reach enough people, you know, just think of all of the uh, comedians that have uh, developed in the, in the light of the pandemic. A couple of them that come to mind are our uh, country Wayne, mm-hmm. he's a comedian, 
he, he not only has he developed an audience and not only he's on a national tour with Live Nation, he's he's a millionaire. Right. And he's doing a movie. I mean, just because he had a great idea, mm-hmm. he developed it, he put it, he put it on the internet. He the people loved it, they shared it. So we give you the we give you uh the opportunity to create something that you can take and do whatever you want with it. Maybe take it and put it on another platform. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And monetize it. There's, I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to give residents a opportunity to express themselves, uh, to create some compelling content, uh, to share that content with the residents of DC and the world because it's also because it's online. And you know, that's our job. And the opportunities are really endless when you take them seriously and you commit to them. Um, and it's driven by passion. So I love to see it. I love to be a part of it. Like I said at the beginning, I'm so grateful to be a part of the DC Radio family. And before we wrap up, I want to know, after five years of DC Radio, what can we expect for the future of DC Radio? Well, we're going to continue to grow and continue to do, develop you know, compelling programs and share that program with the world and give the rest of the world and the rest of the nation an opportunity to see how great a city that we have and how great the residents of our city are. And we want people to model, you know, maybe other cities might want to do this because we're the, there's only a couple of us that are doing this. There are only a couple of full power F, FM, digital FM stations that are owned by municipalities. We're one of them. Okay. So, uh, I think as we develop this, as we grow this, other cities are going to want to do that because it gives them, you know, it gives the municipality a voice and it gives the residents a voice. Yeah. And it gives their, it gives the guests, it's like a double benefit because the resident that's the host gets to share their voice. But like, you know, for my show in particular, I get to amplify the voices of other residents and business owners and service providers. And I really take pride in like finding these gems all over this city because there are so many great people doing great things and they just want a moment to have their story told. So it's so you can do I, that. I've thought about a lot of things listening to your show. Really, I love to hear that. Yeah, I found I mean, I, I've, yeah, I've found out about a lot of things. I've gone to a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, that means I'm putting out compelling content, and I'm going to continue to do that. And I so appreciate you, Max. Thank you so much for we taking the time. You. I really do appreciate it. Anything you want to share before we close, how people can follow DC radio and keep up with all the things. I love the month of September, not because it's only just because it's my birthday, but it's because when we celebrate DC radio and we celebrate all things creative, but outside of that, anything you want to share to close us out? Well, I just want people to, you know, share the word, tell people about us where it, you can listen to us locally at DC Radio 96.3 HD4. We can you can listen to us online at dcradio.gov. You can listen to us on the DC Radio app for Android and uh iPhone. 
And uh, you can listen to us uh, on all the major on on demand platforms. So and and check us out on the socials too. We're on all the Facebook, Instagram, we're everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. People we're on are. the radio. We online. Everywhere people are. We are. We got an app. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta start saying that at the end of the show. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start saying. Make sure you download our app. Right. Follow us at DC Radio. In DC, for DC. <laughs> Thank you so much, Max. I appreciate you. Thanks. Been listening to the District Creatives Radio Show, the place where DC creatives meet to discuss arts, entertainment, and the creative economy. For more information, visit DreamVisionReality.com.